you may know who I am, in which case you probably know exactly why I'm here, to bring you the best dang podcast about wrestling we can bring you. Welcome, everyone, to the Two Words Podcast. Are you ready? If you're not down with that... John and with me as always, he is the jet flying, limousine riding, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun. Or maybe he's none of that. None of those things. We didn't really know each other in high school. <laughs> but nonetheless, he is Radio Matt. How you doing today, man? I am once again sick. Oh. I'm in the same position. I've looped back around. Yeah, you just your family your family lives in a perpetual oh, no, okay. circle so, of sickness I around have, this time of year. I have found out that this is actually happening to a lot of families really? in areas where the mask mandates have been lifted in the schools. Hmm. Is that immediately everybody's bringing home a cold? Ah. And so that's what happened. Our son brought home a, a cold. He had a fever and all kinds of junk for uh, like. 36 hours, and uh, then no more fever, and all he had left was a cough. And Matt Coker, pro mask. The rest of our, uh, yeah, <laughs> the rest of our family went through the exact same thing. Yeah, it seems like multiple people I've known have, have really have had to do that, but you're, like I said, your family does also just pass around sickness yeah. like, a, like a hot potato. We really do. But anyway, well, tonight, today... Whenever you're listening. Whenever you're listening. We have a great show for you today because we're going back in time because our two words are 83 weeks. We are looking at the phenomenon that was WCW. And I'm pumped about that because I don't, I think it does get the credit it deserves. Oh yeah. It was a good time. But I don't think it gets all of the credit it deserves. I don't think that, you know, the whole... History is written by the victors thing. Yeah. I don't think that WWE always does it enough justice. Definitely in not. Retelling their old stories. So um, I'm excited to yeah. get into that. Um, but first, I guess we are going back in time because uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has a match at WrestleMania. Except he doesn't anymore. He doesn't anymore. What it's happened? Not a match. It is now a confrontation only. <laughs> it is a it is a it is a KO show. So the KO, just, KO is invited Stone Cold to come on the KO show at WrestleMania, at which point there will be a kerfuffle, <laughs> likely. You a mean, a, you mean a riot? <laughs> Let's go with kerfuffle. <laughs> um, I, why? Because he's talking because he's talking mess about Texas, which I don't like that he's doing that either. But well, I mean, that was the that was the way to get him in there. But uh, they did want to do a match, but apparently they just couldn't come to the right agreement. I don't know really what that means. They probably told Stone Cold he was going to lose. Maybe. And he was like, oh, my back hurts again. 
I've got I've got a deadly injury. I mean, the dude is pretty up there. He is. But uh, yeah, so there will be some physicality, but there will not be a match. Yeah, physicality, a physicality ordeal. Um, uh, also reported earlier, at least that I saw earlier today, um, there is a solid chance that Cody Rhodes will be making his WWE re-debut in Jacksonville this Monday. Yes, that's that's the that's part of the back and forth rumors. There's also rumors that they still haven't signed any kind of a deal, and that he might not be coming back at all, and he yep. might actually be coming back to AEW and leading some sort of Ring of Honor. Like invasion nonsense. And let's, and let's all remember that every single one of these rumors is coming from the same person at Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer. It really is. Like, yeah. this is the sixth or seventh report that he's come out with of somebody he knows. Oh, yeah, no, I, I know a guy who's who knows knows it. It's like the second guy from, from Triple H. So who really knows? But the reports kind of made the, the point that if he does not debut in Jacksonville, he's not going to debut. They, that means that they have not reached a contract agreement because they'd want him for, for Mania. They want him for Mania. They want him to go against Seth Rollins. At least that was the plan up until this week. And that basically, if he doesn't show up in Jacksonville, then that won't be the plan anymore. Yeah. Even if he comes before WrestleMania because they have to start putting uh, – Things into motion. So, if he doesn't show up in Jacksonville to start setting up this this uh, feud with Seth Rollins, then it's likely going to be held off until WrestleMania itself when he shows up as a just a, a surprise, yeah, um, interference kind of situation. But uh, I, I mean, I just love how over like three weeks. It has gone from Cody Rhodes is is definitely yeah. going to show up in a WWE ring. There is no question about it. I I've heard it from Cody himself that he is going <laughs> to sign with WWE to eh, he may go to Ring of Honor. We don't really know. Or he was there's also rumor like no, actually he's probably retired now. It looks like he's retiring. <laughs> so no, he's definitely back to WWE. You ah. know what? They haven't reached the deal yet. Ah. Who knows? But speaking of Ring of Honor, Tony Khan Tony Khan done. That was the big announcement. So that was done. one of that was one of the predictions that we listed two weeks ago that the big announcement could be that he was buying Ring of Honor. Yeah. And uh What do you think he's gonna use it? Ring of Honor for? You know. Just to say I own it? Maybe. It might be a uh I don't know, invasion esque storyline. It might be like might be run like WWE used to run ECW. A different promotion, yet still kind of in the same still company, the same. so you'll have the crossover. Or deal. I mean, you know, I guess they're kind of doing that with NXT now, too, with Dolph Ziggler and everything. Dolph Ziggler is NXT champion. NXT champion. Which oh, I they, don't hate. I just hate that they're doing it to, to Ziggy. Sure, well, I just hate that they're doing it to Dolph Ziggler. Sure. But, you know, I mean, only man to ever hold the World Heavyweight Championship and the NXT title. Yep, yep. So... Uh, good for him. I, I, that's a weird decision for me. Yeah. I just, like, why? I mean, you've taken NXT and made it not NXT. That's, that's what you've true. done. That's what you've done over the last few years is you've taken NXT and said, we're, we're done being a promotional brand. Now we're just a Wednesday night show Yeah, with wrestlers you don't know and Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> with wrestlers you don't know. That's hilarious. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Jeff Hardy and William Regal both showed up on AEW last week. I did not know that William Regal showed yeah, up. Yeah, William Regal showed up in uh, the Daniel Bryan and John Moxley match. Ooh. And basically turned them into a team. It was weird. That is strange. It looked like, just from the pictures, it looks like he's scolding them. <laughs> like, you should be nice to each other. You should be better. <laughs> Stop that. That was definitely an Australian accent. That was definitely an Australian accent. For both of us. And I'm sorry about that. You should do better. <laughs> Becky, from England. <laughs> Becky Lynch uh, legitimately hurt herself. Um, they, just in time for Mania, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But she should be back before Mania. Um, they say the, the the I don't you know you can't tell if what part of it is kayfabe and what part of it's real. Um, but they're saying that she got damaged to her voice box at a house show. Okay. Um, but then they're like you know they're beefing it up and everything and in story format as well. So who knows if that's really what the injury is? But whatever the case, it's minor enough that she should be back for Mania. Might even be back this week on the shows. Cool, cool, cool. You have anything else? I have one more. Um, Control Your Narrative had their first. Oh yeah, uh, their first show. That would be the promotion um, founded by uh, Adam Shear, formerly known as uh, Braun Strowman, and Ethan Carter the Third. Um, and I, I guess it took place in a bar. Because somebody tweeted out that there was a cover band playing in the room over from where they were doing their wrestling show. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, but apparently it went uh, went pretty well. Austin Aries was there, huh. which uh, which I guess is a big get. But it also, this article does not list any other famous names. I know that uh, that Karrion Cross or Killer Cross was going to be a part of that somehow. So, kind of interested uh, in how that goes out. Um, Braun Strowman sent out a, a little message. If you missed our first sold-out show, don't miss this one, as Control Your Narrative is set to blow the roof off the world-famous Gillies Dallas uh, 331. See the essential character, the real EC3, count the seconds of someone's life away with Killer Cross, uh, or standing all in the presence of the Titan. And if you think that's all, wait and see what else we have up our sleeves. Because basically what they're doing is they're doing a show, WrestleMania weekend, in Dallas. Uh. Um, and it said, this will be the only place uh, to be on th on March 31st. Unless you want to watch a bunch of dorks choreograph dance with each other for no reason at all. Because we don't do that garbage in the narrative. Which is what he's calling it, the narrative. Because we actually fight. <laughs> Um, yeah, bunch of dorks, WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, just a bunch of dorks dancing. That's the oversimplification by Braun Strowman. Okay, and by saying we actually fight, are they literally, like, not they, planning who's going to win? Are they punching each other? Like, is this no holds barred in real life? That changes, that changes who I'm willing to wrestle. Right, yeah. <laughs> And that's none of them. <laughs> uh, so what's your last uh, My last deal here? was uh, an interesting quote, I guess, from Jericho. Basically came to the defense of using the term sports entertainment okay. as opposed to pro wrestling. He says, uh, using sports entertainment as a, uh, as a detriment just shows how stupid people can be. That's what we all are. 
Either you're really good at it or you really don't understand it. I embrace the fact that I'm a sports entertainer. You could use it as an insult or write it on a tweet and post it on Instagram, but it's all part of putting together a great match. It's all part of understanding what it takes to draw money and understanding what it takes to survive in a political environment that is very, very prominent in every wrestling company, including AEW. Well, we'll talk a little more about it um, because uh, in the next segment, I, I want to talk about this, but... Um, Vince McMahon went on Pat McAfee show and had like an hour and a half long conversation and they, uh, they, Pat asked him about it and he's like, you know, we, we had to separate ourselves from whatever else was going on. Yeah. He goes. And so when I say like wrestler, you really think of like the carnies, you know, that pull into town and put on a wrestling show. He's like, no, we're, we're entertaining people. That's what we're doing. I just hate people that have reasons to hate stuff. And again, this is a next segment. This is going to lead well into the next segment because really it's just fans and marks who want to think they know better. They want some 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 weird form of pure purity that doesn't exist. Don't give away in wrestling. Don't give away the ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only Sorry. clip I've seen from the Pat Pat McAfee uh, interview with with uh, Vince was he asked about Michael Cole. And Vince just goes, horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat loses it, gets yeah. up out of his chair, and walks away. Yeah, we're done. Well, that's it for our uh, for our wrestling news. When we come back, we're going to be talking about you, the fans. So keep it here. This week in Nerd History, Raw is War. Nerd History. In January of 1993, the World Wrestling Federation first aired their weekly episodic pro wrestling program, Monday Night Raw, on the USA Network. This was the first real attempt at a wrestling show shot and aired to a live audience, with angles being played out as they happened. Almost three years later, WWF's chief competitor, World Championship Wrestling, began airing its own wrestling show in the same time slot, WCW Monday Nitro. This was the beginning of what is known as the Monday Night Wars. After weeks of trading ratings victories, WCW began to win week after week. Part of the reason why was because WCW felt new, more story-driven, and much edgier, while the WWF had continued to stick to their campier, classic format. But that all changed on March 10th, 1997, when Raw was renamed Raw is War. WWF changed its logo from its classic retro block text to a logo scratched and scrawled into the corner of your screen. They debuted a new set, they opened the show with new pyrotechnics, and had a new grungier intro theme. First, Marilyn Manson's The Beautiful People, but shortly after changed to Thorn in Your Eye, created specifically for the show. The show went on to focus less on wrestling matches and more on storytelling, promos, vignettes, and swerves. 
This style of programming would lead Raw not to just surpass Nitro in the ratings just over a year later, but by 1999 becoming the most watched weekly show in the history of cable television. And ultimately, the change saw a return to glory for the WWF that would ultimately bring an end to WCW Monday Nitro, their final episode airing live on March 26, 2001, featuring a simulcast with WWF owner Vince and his son Shane, building the purchase of WCW into a new storyline for Raw moving forward. Since that time, the show rebranded back to its original name and has long since reverted back from its edgier content to a PG, family-friendly product. Though, with new competition and All Elite Wrestling bringing back WCW vibes for a new generation, the promotion, now named World Wrestling Entertainment, has occasionally flirted with edgier content again. Welcome back to the Two Words Podcast. You know, Matt, uh, I, I, I look at a lot of memes and I look at a lot of wrestling uh, groups on Facebook, and I've about come to a conclusion, and that conclusion is that um, that fans are unhappy. Uh, almost consistently. They are the un- I think fans are the unhappiest that they've ever been with this... That was my phone. <laughs> I think they are the unhappiest that they've been uh, uh, in a very, very, very long time. That's quite possible. At least that's the feeling that you get. But um, I'm not entirely sure that's accurate. I'm not. Well, <laughs> so why don't you think that's accurate? Uh, well, I mean, I think I, I do think the fans are, are largely unhappy. Um, and... I mean, it, okay. It may be it may be a fact that they're they're the unhappiest they've been ever, uh, given these last few years and what that's kind of done to the industry. But at the same time, we also have the most uh, amount of platforms to voice that unhappiness on. That's true. You know, back in in uh, well during the Monday Night War, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands. I loved what I was watching. But yeah. Maybe not everybody loved what they were watching, but that yeah. I would never know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the we had uh, Yahoo groups and AOL and <laughs> Messenger and all this, and you had you talking had five, to strangers out here. Five on, people, on yeah, Yahoo five people groups. that you could talk to, and uh, like you didn't and really I, have just this constant feed. You didn't have places to go specifically for this. It's amazing more people didn't get murdered due to Yahoo groups. For real, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I always beg the question, uh, is it the fans or is it the product? And I think it is a little bit of both. Yeah. So I think that the product um, is, is, I think people are justly unhappy with the product for a few reasons. First, I think that there genuinely are poor decisions when it comes to pushes. Um, there is no time to breathe with with characters. It seems like you're putting a guy out, you're debuting him from NXT with all this heat, and then if he doesn't just become everybody's favorite thing in two weeks, yeah, you just kind of they just kind of fade it out. They get they give popular. NXT wrestlers 
a very half-hearted push on the main roster. And then they're surprised when it's, you know, not an immediate hit. Even though one of the main reasons that many of them are not an immediate hit is because you've changed something yep. that everybody loved about them. But I.e. Karrion Gross. Desperado. Um, <sighs> but uh <laughs> but then they also have the uh, especially WWE have the bad habit of sticking with a bad gimmick or idea for months that yeah. nobody ever likes and they're very vocal about hating and they'll just continue it on saying, yeah, you're definitely eventually going to get um, Stockholm syndrome with this yeah. character or this <laughs> thing. And like it. We promise that was a heel Roman Reigns. They did that to us for years. Or not heel, I'm sorry, face Roman Reigns. Did that to us for years. Yeah. Nobody wanted it. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. He was booed consistently. When Seth Rollins, a heel, came in at the final match of a giant WrestleMania and stole the title, everyone cheered him. Very happy about that moment. Everyone cheered. It's one of the best memories because Roman Reigns didn't get to win because no one wanted him to win. Yeah. They finally, they finally listened to us. Come back with heel Roman Reigns. Everybody loves him. But I think you're right. They do. They do tend to try to shove like the same four matches down our throats. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and I haven't even really looked at what this year's WrestleMania card looks like, but I'm willing to bet it's very similar to last year's WrestleMania card. Yeah, probably so. Um, with the exception of like Becky Lynch will be there, <laughs> you know, um, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns or Bobby Lashley's going to be in some title fight and Drew McIntyre is probably going to be in some title fight. And I think that's part of the, the problem with these pushes is they're not pushing people into the title picture. Yeah. You know, Keith Lee could have been pushed into the championship title picture. Talk about um, That's one of the biggest, saddest failures of an NXT talent. Man, I mean, really, they dropped the ball. That that's I'll say that the the product dropped the ball. Um, but even you know, and, and this isn't a WWE problem either. AEW starting to get into this thing too because um, you know it seems like AEW. I don't remember the last singles match I watched in AEW, and yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> consistently watch AEW. Um, but, like, they've got all of these people that they're like, okay, let's start nine eight-man factions, <laughs> and we're going to have uh, four-on-fours just all night. All the um, And that really, you know, I read where one guy was saying that really makes it feel like every match is exactly the same because, you know, you don't, you don't really feel like you can do anything with it. And and there's no time for storytelling. I think ne neither company really gives a lot of time for storytelling. And I'm, you got to let things breathe. Yeah. You know, with the exception of like the movies, when you look at movies, with the exception of the movies, like the expendables where it's like, okay, we're going to give you an hour and a half of just action, no story. And this is what you're going to, and you're going to love it because this is what it is. Like, that's fine. That's not what this product is, yeah. especially when you're going year round and you've been going year round for 30 years now, right. 40 years almost. But 
with all of that being said, do you think the fans are at all to blame? Oh, yeah. I mean, we are... As as the more more and more opportunities online have grown to uh, be complainers, more and more of us have chosen to become complainers. And uh, I mean, well, you, you and I have already admitted to falling into this on you know on occasion here on the show, like with the the biggest example being Bad Bunny. Yep, we jumped on board of hating this idea, hating that he was here, hating that he was going to get a match at WrestleMania. It was great. It was a good match. It was a decent match. He did a pretty fun of all the celebrities that have had matches in recent history. Yeah. Probably the best one. Like it was all right. It, people were having fun. He was having fun. It was a cool moment. And we almost let that ruin it for us. Yeah. Uh I think we're just we I think we're just attuned to uh too quickly be cynical. Yeah. And I think part of that is is the last couple of years. The last couple of years through pro wrestling in a blender throughout all the storylines had to start from scratch. And even when you started from scratch, you had no idea what was going to work with, yeah. you know, the Thunderdome or with no audience at all and all this. And, and it, it changed the way a lot of things had to be done. And I think it, they're only now starting to be able to get kind of on a bit more of a firm footing with uh, storylines again. But even then we're still having people that are, you know, well, it affected day one. It affected their very first pay-per-view uh, of the year, year where they had a bunch of people out because of COVID. And so they had to change up all these storylines and that affected the next pay-per-view and that affected what's going to happen at WrestleMania now. That's a really good point. Cause it's almost, it's almost like, you know, you make, you made the, the, the analogy of like, it's throwing everything into a blender, but it's like, it's like trying to make a margarita, but you're you're living leaving out one ingredient every single time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a different ingredient every single time. But somehow you don't realize that's the most important ingredient. We forgot. Yeah. It's like uh, you've you've made the cake, but we need you to now remove the eggs from the cake. Yeah, the already made cake, and still try and make it a good cake. Let's make more it's food like references. It's like a sandwich. <laughs> And every every time COVID something COVID happens or you've got to get rid of fans or something, it's like removing a, like meat or a vegetable or something. It's like it's biting like, into a toenail. It's yeah. In your sandwich. Yeah. Um, and still any other any other food any other good. food references or should we move on from that? I'm right. Okay. Um, like a bag of jelly beans. No. Go ahead. <laughs> like a bag of jelly beans where you take out all of the red ones. Like well, why? Um. I did recently find out that you can be unhappy with a bag of nothing but pink starbursts. How are you unhappy with it? It's just you realize too much of a good thing, man. Oh, it's really it's just I'm just like, players. ah, I need orange and yellow in there to <laughs> to show me just how much I love the pink. <laughs> um, uh, one thing I one thing I'll tell you that the fans need to understand. And, and, and I am I am fans. This is me. But. Uh, patience is necessary because while I think a lot of times, uh, the product does not allow itself to breathe. I think sometimes fans want like an instant gratification. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's like, no, man, just, just, just hold off for a second. Cause like, I genuinely do believe that, that the people who are writing WWE product and AEW product are very, very smart people. Yeah. I think they know exactly what they're doing. Um, 
And I think fans need to understand something that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar make for good television. Get over it. It's going to be a good match. I'm really looking forward to they it. They just do. I don't, you know what? Here's the thing is we complain about, we complained about them being every single match. Cause there was, there was like six pay-per-views in a row. It felt like yeah. two years ago where that was the only match, but you look back at all those matches and yeah. they're good. Yeah. And especially now, like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar aren't even the same characters. Right. They're not even, it's not even the same match essentially. Right. Um, and also, uh, I think, I think the last thing that fans need to understand is that if you hate seeing a character on TV then they've done something right, <laughs> like everybody was complaining when, when everybody was so happy when Cody Rhodes decided to step away from AEW. Oh, no, it just, we decided to step away from AEW because they're like, Oh, finally, we're not going to have to hear Brandy all the time. It's like, but that's what they wanted. <laughs> right. You understand that they're doing this right. Yep. As much as you hated uh, Vicky Guerrero coming out going, I can't And I miss Vicky Guerrero. It's one, it's one of the biggest gimmicks that uh, any female manager has ever had. I mean, amazing, really. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it every time I heard it. Yeah. I've, and I've heard it a couple times in AEW now. I hate it. But like, but it's, when, a, but when it it's gone, you know, <laughs> I never figured out why. When they did what they did to Vicky Guerrero on that last Raw she was on, where they made her like, they made her wrestle like somebody, and then they threw her into a like a kiddie pool full of mud or chocolate pudding or something. It's like, how do I feel bad for this woman right now? But I do, I do. So, well, uh, do you have any other no, thoughts on that? Well, let us know what your thoughts are. Are we wrong? Maybe we are. I'm open to the thought of uh, being wrong, but I'll probably still argue with you. Um, head on over to our social media at Two Words LTN and uh, let us know what you think. Um, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about WCW. So keep it here. I'm Hillary Fisco, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today I'm reviewing VidAngel, a personalized filter to pair with your streaming services. Are you a nerdy parent who would love to share your favorite TV series with your kids, but the language is just too intense? Are you a film buff who thought of the perfect pick for movie night with your coworkers, except for that one awkward bedroom scene? Are you someone who just wants to avoid graphic violence when you're trying to relax at the end of the day, but that popular new show sounds really intriguing? Simply connect your streaming service accounts like Amazon Prime and Netflix to VidAngel to set custom filters on thousands of your favorite TV shows and movies. You can set defaults that apply to everything you watch or set show-specific filters. VidAngel recognizes the rights of artists to create whatever movies and TV shows they choose to, while also supporting your right to allow only certain content into your private home. There are three ways to personalize your experience. Filter out entire categories like sex, violence, or language. Skip or mute subcategories of content like only the graphic types of violence. Or enable individual filters, such as specific words or certain scenes you find distasteful. You'll be glad to hear there's even a Jar Jar Binks filter. 
You don't have to have kids to appreciate VidAngel. As my teenager observed recently, sometimes PG still isn't PG enough. VidAngel's slogan, more watching, less worrying, means you don't have to violate your own boundaries for what's healthy to watch. People who've experienced trauma can also use this service to avoid reliving it as entertainment. I homeschool three boys, and we're huge movie and TV buffs, so it's worth $9.99 a month for a tool that equips me to be the guardian of what enters my home. The filters help me feel safer sharing things like the Wheel of Time series or Monty Python and the Holy Grail with my family without stressing over whether I can hit the fast forward or mute buttons in time. VidAngel does the work for me. I'm Hillary Fisco, and whether you want to avoid seeing Edward Cullen's sparkly bare chest or you just want to keep your kindergartner from picking up inappropriate new words from the TV, you should check out VidAngel. If you like to follow along as I balance our homeschool life with encouraging, empowering, and educating through my small business, you can find me posting and teaching on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at KYRedheadMK and streaming periodically on Twitch as KYRedhead. What's up, everybody? We are back with the Two Words Podcast, and today we're talking about WCW. We are talking about that 83 weeks where WCW took on the big dog in the ring, and that would be the then WWF, now WWE, uh, and almost won. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane how close they came to winning and how quickly they, they stopped winning. Um, but WCW, you know... It's it, when you listen to the history of WCW, you realize like, oh, nobody wanted this to succeed. Like Ted Turner didn't even care if this succeeded. <laughs> the only reason Ted Turner put WCW together and put it on TNT was because they felt like they needed a wrestling program. Yeah. And they didn't even care if it was any good. That's amazing. And what's up? But it got good. But it got good. It got amazing. Um, and I think jumping right into what WCW did right, I think it started getting good when they got Hogan. Of course, yeah, that was a big deal. I think that was I think that was an had. amazing deal, and I think that that figuring out not just having Hogan, but figuring out what to do with Hogan, right, was just unbelievable. I mean, some stuff failed, sure. Um, the Hulkaroos you can't buy anymore, which is a little upsetting and. Um, what was what was the restaurant they opened there in Mall of America? Oh. It was uh, it was like Hulkamania, Hulkamania pasta shop or something. Something it was like a spaghetti yeah, shop. Weird like that. Yeah, forgot all about that's, that. That's great, but you know what they were able to do and, and take this mega star that was uh, Hulk Hogan, who you know took on Andre the Giant, who. Um, you know, wrestled and did all of this stuff before WCW and then going to WCW and, um, he gets off the steroids and he, and he loses some weight and he changes up his character quite a bit. And suddenly he's, he's compelling. Like WCW made Hulk Hogan compelling. Yeah. Again, at least again, yeah, for a, for a new generation. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think WCW did right? 
I think they did a lot of things right. Um, they they focused on selling all levels of wrestlers. Like we talked about two weeks ago, you know, they had a really good cruiserweight division, and they highlighted it. They brought, it. they brought in division. Lucha Libre wrestlers. They they really focused on it. They also uh, built their mid guard up pretty well too. They had big names uh, that were given time to shine, building stars like Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho. Uh, WWE tended to keep their mid carters as uh, goofy gimmick characters. Yeah, you know they were there for the comic relief kind of thing, and uh, so they just kind of focused on their heavy hitters. WCW really tried to spread that love around to even if they weren't you know going for a title belt or whatever, they still give them a, a good shot. Uh, they came up with a lot of cool new match concepts as well, like Battle Bowl, Lethal Lottery, World War Three, War Games. Uh, not all of them were always perfect, but it was exciting to see these changes. Uh, War Games still going on now uh, yeah. as a part of NXT, and that's always a really fun thing to see. And then and AEW did a version of that too, didn't they? Yeah, as a Blood and Guts match. Blood and Guts, yeah. yeah. That's what they go. Um, the uh, of course the NWO story. Now I, I feel like that second back half of it maybe went too far. We can talk about that later, but yeah. The first half of the NWO story, bringing in the Outsiders, turning think, Hulk Hogan heel. I think Nash and Hall and turning Hogan heel was brilliant beyond beyond belief. Yeah. Uh, because, like, and, and, I mean, you really have to credit Bischoff. Absolutely. Because he realized, like, hey, if they're throwing trash into the ring, we got heat. Yeah, it, it gave a feel of realism to uh, to wrestling, which it didn't really have at the time in either of the promotions. Yeah. Uh, and this, it was like the start of the new way of doing business, and that's exactly what uh, exactly what Eric Bischoff was trying to do, trying to make it feel more real. Um, they gave of, wrestlers, like, actual names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, Goldberg Streak was a really good thing that they did. Uh, and I'd, until they I'd, ruined I'd, it. I'd, you know what? I don't care what people say. I think that that still somehow worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it still worked. Like they ruined it, but in a way, it was like, okay, you know, we're just, we're still generating heat. We're still generating something that people want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a great wrestler, uh, and so they didn't make him work conventional back and forth matches. He squashed people, but that was fun. There was something fun about that. They bumped up the numbers every single time. Yeah. Like, yeah so all of a sudden, he won 172. Yeah. So, to zero. Um, and a, but but really, it, Bischoff's booking, for the most part, was the the key ingredient uh, for those, well, the, you know, the, the weeks that they were on top. Uh, every Nitro had at least one memorable, like, pay-per-view-worthy match on it. Like, they really tried to make every show something bombastic that you had to tune in to see. And uh, that was kind of, that was not really WWF's goal at the time. No. They had been running standard. They had been pre-taping a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, you saw that. You saw that they realized that they had to make changes when they switched over to uh, Raw's War. Um. And got edgier and grittier and changed their logo from the the classic shiny golden block letters to a logo that's scratched yeah, with they, a knife into your TV screen. I think they definitely 
bumped up like, okay, you're going to have to catch up if you want to compete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to WWE's uh, or WWF's uh, credit, they, they, they stepped up. For the most part, there were some da- sometimes when it when it didn't go quite so well, but um, you know it goes back to letting stuff set on the audience for a little bit. Yeah, it went to letting people letting people breathe with some things, um, and you know you you had all of these names that you turned into superstars, you know, I mean, sure you had Hulk Hogan and you had, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and you had macho man and you had, uh, you know, Lex Luger, but then you also, you know, brought in Raven from ECW and a lot of people didn't know who Raven was. And, um, you know, you brought in, uh, you know, all those guys who were in Raven's flock. And I mean, Name five guys that were in Raven's flock. I can name one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even the it's not even one of like the 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 great guys, but um you know, you you had you had a very successful women's division. Yeah. I thought with with uh WCW. Um but switching over what do you think really was what in your opinion because everybody has an opinion uh well let's 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 hold off on that I'm sorry <laughs> what are some of the great moments you remember from WCW the great moments let's great do some moments. great moments right. let's talk about the great moments one of the great moments that I love watching is when Kevin Nat when they invaded the Universal Studios backlot and Kevin Nash threw Rey Mysterio yeah. into a trailer yeah. like a dart the lawn dart incident, yep. Like I have that on here too. Yeah, that was um <laughs> that's amazing to go back and watch. Um I think Lex Luger showing up at the very first Monday Nitro. Yep. Like that's ama- like that's that's amazing television when you and especially because back then you didn't have the internet you know, giving you buzzes every fifteen right. minutes. Like Dave Meltzer could only write one article a week. You know, um, and that was only if you were subscribed to to those people. So um, I think that was great. I think, uh, you know, one one moment that you always talked about that you really love is when Rick Rude showed up on both shows in one night. Yeah. A lot of mine have to do with directly with the WWF WCW uh, battle. So, yeah, Rick Rude being on Nitro and Raw on the same night. That's a big deal. Rick Rude was really upset about the uh, Montreal screw job. And so, like, he was on board for this when uh, Eric Bischoff suggested it because they know that Raw was pre-taped and he was going to yep. be on it with the X. He said, well, let's bring you out tonight. Yeah. And Recruit was all about it. Uh, Medusa dumping the WWF women's title into the trash can live on night. And that became her thing now. Yeah. Like- uh, the Outsiders, when they first started showing up and Eric Bischoff was playing along as, like, he was, what are y'all doing here? You can't, yeah. you're not allowed to be here kind of thing where they were playing it like WWE was actually invading. That was really compelling. That's what got me to start watching WCW I, in the first place. I think what makes part of what makes that moment one like little element that makes that moment. And I think was actually a mistake is, uh, that, um, Kevin Nash grabbed what he thought was a prop bat, but was an actual like aluminum baseball bat 
And he said he slammed it against the stairs and you just hear this thing. Whack! And it's like that felt that feels like even even to this day it's still real to me dang it um my best moment though my favorite moment is revealing the third man of NW. oh uh, yeah like there's 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 few moments that top that hulk hogan comes out looks like he's coming to save uh, his buddy randy savage and instead leg drops him and is revealed as the third man uh, alongside the Outsiders, and that was the actual start of NWO as a faction. Is beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, so what do you think they did wrong? And I think everybody has an opinion as to what they did wrong. I think everybody has an opinion as to the one moment that killed WCW, but the bottom line is there was no one moment that killed WCW. Um, you know, everybody wants to po- point to the finger poke of doom that that didn't kill WCW. It didn't. It didn't. Honestly, they could have recovered from that. They could have. Um, everybody wants to point to Tony Schiavone, um, announcing that, uh, Mick Foley was going to be winning the world heavyweight title or the WWE championship and everybody turned off their screens. They could have recovered from that. Exactly. But did you realize that was the same episode? The same episode. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's the thing. That, that, <laughs> so, I will. I will. So people, people who turned up, turned to the other channel are happy to watch WWF. People who stayed loyal got rewarded with the finger poke of death. Yeah. And were upset. So either way, that episode was a cracker when it comes to things they messed up on. And it was. But here's the thing: is all of those like a bunch of people had turned away at that point. Sure. People were watching the finger book of doom. Sure. So, um, I, I think there's a lot of other stuff. I think that um, not figuring out how to do more with Bill Goldberg, and it's something they have not been that nobody's been able to do for another thirty years. Yeah. Um, but bringing a guy like Goldberg in, and then being like, "Well, he can't wrestle long matches," and it's like, "Okay, that's fine." It's like, "Okay, well, that works for a while." Yeah. They didn't have an exit strategy with him. We saw that with Ryback. Yeah. Because they didn't have an exit strategy with Ryback. And so right. they, they had a weird like weightlifting competition with him and Mark Henry. <laughs> and surprisingly, that didn't work. Surprisingly. Um, I think I think a lot of the trouble came when Vince Russo took over the uh, the top yep. booking position. Uh, he killed the cruiserweight division. He turned it into a joke. He put the belt on Medusa and uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Like, just, it was rough. He did that. He we just uh, let him do that too. Yeah. He uh, also put the uh, put the belt on uh, the the main world heavyweight title belt on on David Arquette as a tie in with the Ready to Rumble movie. Yep. Like, but but he is an actor, right? They got kind of they got kind of really. Um, now this happened pre Vince Russo too, but kind of really heavy into the celebrities being actual wrestlers kind of thing. Uh, Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone, Kevin Green, Jay Leno, and the leader of his band, whatever the guy's name was. Uh, all really weird. Yeah. I watched that Bash of the Beach with Jay Leno. <laughs> why, why are you doing this? It was like, what's happening Why here? is this happening? Um, 
Yeah, I think the celebrities was kind of funny. The, the thing that always cracks me up about the whole celebrity thing is you hear stories about Dennis Rodman doing WCW. Yeah. And it was like you talk to the coaches and owners of the Bulls at that time, and they were like, we didn't really let him go do it. <laughs> he just kind of one day was on WCW. Yeah. Um, but they were like, but here's the thing is he showed up and then he, you know, he put in the work and he, he, he could make it, he could outwork everybody still after staying up all night wrestling and partying and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that, that they got away from doing like the hokey stuff, but you still had like the, the dungeon of doom. Sure. And you still had like the Yeti and you had that time that, um, Hulk Hogan and uh, the Giant or the Big Show or Paul Wright. White, right? Well, now I don't know. Right, right. I think. Paul Wright. Um, <laughs> you had them wrestle, and at some point they got into monster trucks. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. And then and then Hulk Hogan pushed, uh, pushed the Giant off of a building into, like, the Bay Harbor. And he somehow, you know, lived from that. So um, I remember one match. I don't even remember who was in the match. It was like two big teams that was fought in the open truck bed on the highway. <laughs> and in the truck bed was a, like a bunch of hay and stuff. And so it was like a hay bale match. They tried some things. Like they got, they got a little didn't nuts. Didn't necessarily work. A little nuts. Didn't necessarily work. Um... It was, but what do you think that wrestling would have looked like? Oh, hold on. I still got a couple more. Oh, you things got some more. Wrong. Okay. Let I'll, me get, I'll let hold me get off these it. off my chest here. Get these off your chest. First of all, they gave Hogan complete creative control. Meaning, if he wanted to be the champion, he could say, I want to be the champion. And according to the contract, they would have to write it that way. Yeah. Hogan screwed up storylines on more than one occasion. Deciding that he didn't want to lose and that he should be champion, and his contract allowed that. Uh, making Kevin Sullivan the head booker was a big mistake because several big name wrestlers had issues with him um, when he was promoted to that position. That is when Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn immediately asked for their releases and became the radicals over in WWE. And then I think one of the biggest ones was NW Overload. Half the roster at one point. Yeah. On different factions of the NWO. It got way too much. There were so many people in NWO that Thunder was originally, wasn't it was Thunder or Nitro. One of them was the NWO. Uh, there's Nitro. Eventually they changed it. was changed like NWO Nitro. NWO Monday It's like, Nitro, this yeah. is all it is. Yeah. You want? Do you like Nitro? We hope so because this is all it's going to be. So those were the, those yeah, combinations. I, I of think I think definitely like the wrestlers as bookers. Yeah. Because like, who's who's going to book themselves to lose? I mean, especially back then, especially they, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, especially Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and I get you know he. he there was a there's a lot of talk where he you know people would present something and he's like well that just doesn't work for me, and you know when you listen to other people explain it it sounds like one thing when you listen to Hulk Hogan explain it, he's like no I just I I don't want them to ruin their opportunity to do something great later on down the road but it's like that's not your decision man yeah like <laughs> yeah you don't get to make that choice 
So what do you think that the landscape of wrestling would be like uh, had WCW not failed? What what are we looking at as, as, as wrestling? Do we still have two companies? Do you think that WWE fails if WCW succeeds? No. No, I think I think what would happen is uh, it would wind up being a lot like what we have right now with AEW and WCW. I mean, uh, WWE. Yeah. I think that WCW would continue to be the more edgier program, and I think WWE would eventually decide to shift into PG in order to go after a more family-friendly audience uh, as times changed from that 90s grunge kind of, you know, everybody's looking for... You know, scandal on TV, you know, as now, you know, with streaming services or whatever, you can get as much raunch or, you know, yeah. cussing and all this that you want anywhere. But if you want to watch some family friendly wrestling, you go to WWE, you go to Peacock. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what we would still have. Um, I don't think we would have AEW. I don't think we would have TNA. I don't I think don't you'd think, have had a need for either yeah, one of them. I don't them, think though. you would have had any other big promotions if they could both stick around um i think they would have continued to just get better like both products would have for a while at least would have kept skyrocket until until i mean obviously there's a point of of i don't want to say point of diminishing returns but like there's a point of of no improvement yeah let's at least put it that way there's Um, gonna be because there were definitely ebbs with uh with wcw toward the end where they kept reaching for bigger brassier rings and uh kept coming up empty i do think that we would have gotten too much wrestling if that makes sense like we would have gotten too many people like now with with aew i turn on aew and i you know i watch it because i like a lot of those wrestlers there's a lot of the stuff. It's like I have absolutely no idea what's going on here because <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't take all of it in. It's I just much. can't. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. Where does Paul Heyman fall in all of this? Uh, I actually think Paul Heyman might be running WCW. Yeah, I didn't I think, think he really liked Eric Bischoff that much. What? I didn't think he liked Eric Bischoff that much. Oh yeah, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> um, I don't think Eric Bischoff would still be anywhere near WCW. Uh, I think Paul Heyman would would genuinely have found himself over there because I think ECW still would have been bought out because uh, it was already kind of on the verge of that all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think that would have been a natural place for him to fall because he's he's brilliant. He's a brilliant booker. He knows what he's doing. He's been in the industry forever. Uh, I I really think that's where he'd fall. Yeah. I I I don't know. There's a point that makes me like, I wonder, I would love to do an episode of what if, except (laughs) it's what if Paul Heyman was running a wrestling company that had a whole lot of money. Right. Um, Would it be as successful as we think it would be? Would it be as successful as he thinks it would be? I really Um, really do think it would be. I, I think, I think it would have worked. For a very, very, very long time, um, as long as he could keep the money coming in. If they made Paul Heyman the main booker in WWE right now, I think we would see things change in a very positive way. That's fair. Um, do you think Vince McMahon stays with WWE or stays as involved in the WWE product? If WCW had not failed, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think he his 
his gumption would change any. I think his gumption would have um, gotten aggressive. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like if anything, he would have, have been strong. He would have yeah. started going for the throat. Um, but yeah. So I, I mean, I re- but, yeah. But in, I mean, in the end, I don't see it being much different than it is now. Yeah. With just we got we'd have twenty years of it. Yeah, it just it would just never end. Um, which is fine. I mean, we have competing things all the time now i think i think if if we had it established that long i want to say that had it been had it been you know 20 years of this that eventually they might have reached some sort of cross promotional deal oh yeah on a very rare occasion just like a once a year turn survivor series or whatever into a you know cross promotional thing because being in a business that long with each other, uh, eventually I think that's going to soften the borders. Yeah. As long as y'all are both staying relatively popular, you know, like they were. But who knows? I just know if, we, if, if, if they did stick around, we wouldn't have any of these big matches that we've had. Yeah. You know, between the two different companies. Because I remember... Picking up, uh, I think it was a World of Wrestling magazine uh, when they were when both companies still existed, and it was titled "Dream Matches We'll Never See." Yeah, and on the cover was The Rock and Hulk Hogan, and then we saw The Rock and Hulk Hogan, and it was a fantastic match. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, WCW was awesome, uh, and, and, and it's always fun to go back and look uh, at, even though it really was relatively a short-lived run. I mean... It felt a lot it longer. It felt a lot we were, longer when we it was happening. Kids, yeah. Um, but it was definitely a lot of fun. Well, we are going to be back, uh, I think, the week before WrestleMania. We still have one more show right before WrestleMania. Right before, let me look. Yeah, it'll be on one the, more show before WrestleMania. So uh, we will we will see you there. We will put together or formulate our, our predictions and uh, have the best gosh dang show we can put together uh, before leading into WrestleMania. Um, we are so glad that you uh, are listening. Uh, if you want more of uh, what we think and what we have to say, go find our socials at Two Words LTN. That is uh, any social media that you prefer to use. Uh, we are there. Um, and you can also find us exclusively on LTN Radio. We will we will be back in a couple of weeks, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys then. But until then, my name's John, his name's Madden. If you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Bye.